Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Dennis Rodman's nice. favorite football Rodman. podcast. Yeah, that's right. I'm joined once again by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, Joe? Denise Rodman. Denise Rodman. He was my favorite player on the Bulls. Yeah, really? He was. What year? Uh, probably like... I would say like 87, but 87, know. actually 93, actually 93, the bulls 90 and 93, man, they kicked back. <laughs> I don't, th- I, I could but be wrong. Anyways. I, yeah. Okay. No, no, I just don't think, I don't think he would have been on the bulls in 93. Yeah. Ah, come see, come see. But man, he was good at ball. I heard that he was like a really good defender. Yeah. Like he would sometimes go games where he wouldn't score any points, but he'd get like 20 to 30 rebounds. Yeah. And like when, man, Joe, when, Joe, just, when Joe says he heard this, he means he, I said it right before, literally right before we started recording. Probably thirty seconds ago. Yeah, literally. I we were in the middle of talking about Dennis Rodman, and I intro the show. So yeah, yeah. So but Dennis Rodman, he was a crazy person. Yeah, my yeah. goodness, what a crazy life to live. I've, yeah. I've watched videos of him telling stories about how he lived his life, and yeah, he man. literally he lived. By his own rules. Yeah, tell him to like tell a story about him. Okay, well, the one time in the, in the middle of the season, they let him go to Vegas. I think for I think they said he said he would he just needed two weeks or something. It was something like that. I just need two weeks. I just need to reset. He's like, eh, he's like, I just I just need to go. And they're like, okay, fine, you go. Which is the weirdest thing in the world. Like that would yeah. just never happens. That doesn't happen in in sports. So they let him go, and then after that two weeks or whatever, I don't know if it was two weeks for sure, but it was something like that. And after that time was up, he didn't come back. So Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen had to go to Vegas and get him. Dang. So they pulled up to his to his hotel room. Yeah. What she was sharing with Carmen Electra. Oh, nice. Um, and then um, they just walked in on them, and he was like, "Hey, man, we got to go." So they just took Scottie Pippen. And Scottie Pippen. Ah, Dennis Rodman. Scotty Pippen, was he any good too? Yeah, de- well, one of the greatest players of all time. Like Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, like Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, they were kind of like, you know, the bi- biggest duo of all time. Scotty Pippen, he's since he's retired, he's become a bitter, bitter old man. Scotty Pippen? Oh, yeah. Really? He's so bitter. He doesn't even, him and Michael Jordan are not even friends. Whatever. Yeah, they don't like each other. And they're one of the greatest duos of all time. Dude. Scotty Pippen is very, you can tell he's very salty that Michael Jordan was the was the guy. Was the number one? Yeah, he's the. What guy. do you think is the? Who do you think is the second most iconic duo? And and not in sports of all time. Of all time, uh. So there's Scott. So are you saying that the most iconic is is Pippen and Jordan? Well, maybe I would say Pippen and Jordan are up there. Just in general, in life, the most iconic duo of all time. Well, it's me and you. I was hoping you'd say Joe that. and Joe, right? Joe squared. Yeah. We have this pod. I was thinking like PB and J or Doritos and Mountain Dew. Okay, so you're <laughs> Doritos and Mountain Dew. Yeah. PB and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Nothing better than a PB and J with Mountain Dew. I thought you were talking just, I thought you were talking people. Yeah, well, yeah, you can do people. Okay. Who do you think is the most famous duo? I'm blanking hard. Wow. Thelma and Louise. Kanye. <laughs> Gracie and Frankie. Gracie and Frankie. Um, Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. Like, they there's were, just some yeah. names that just go together. Yeah. Like, I feel like Michael Jordan's kind of a standalone thing. Yeah. But also Jordan Pippen, very, very like if 
it, whenever you hear like whenever there's a duo of people, they're always like, always like, oh, the one guy is the Pippin to his Jordan or mm-hmm. whatever, or the Jordan to his Pippin. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like Jordan can also be his own thing. But Simon and Garfunkel, you're the Garfunkel to my Simon. Yeah, I don't don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. Which one was like the main guy? Sonny and Cher. Cher. Yeah. Like, uh, but Cher's very big on on her own. Yes, very yeah, big. Very I didn't know big. there was a duo there. Yeah, Sonny and Cher. I think they were married or something. I don't know. We're pretty young to be talking about this. Um, another duo. Um, Kim and Kanye. Kim, <laughs> Kim and Kanye. <laughs> um, Kim and Kanye. Kim and Chris Humphreys. Kim and Reggie Bush. Uh, Kim and what? Uh, yeah, just all the people. Monica Lewinsky and George Bush. Not George Bush. Bill Clinton, Bill rather. Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a dynamic duo for different reasons, for sure. John F. Kennedy and a Lee bullet. Harvey Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> what? Huh? A more too, iconic too duo. Too soon for that joke? Too late, I think. I think way too late. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even funny anymore. It's like... Frickin' Abe Lincoln and John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, Abe Lincoln and a bullet again. Kim Jong-un and... Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, maybe. Dude, yeah. Dennis Rodman went and visited Kim Jong-un at one no, point. No, sh- I'm sure I, he did. Yep. I'm serious. I'm, Look yeah. it up. Okay. Dennis Rodman went, in, went to uh, North Korea and visited with Kim Jong-un. Because apparently Kim Jong-un's a big Dennis Rodman fan. Of course he is. That's hilarious. He probably, wants to, he probably dresses up like Dennis Rodman. And like plays pretend. Yeah, he probably as does. Dennis Rodman because he's a loser. It's it's. Uh, I feel like a lot of the people like we make a lot of jokes about Kim Jong Un, and it's like, oh, he's this fat little, you know, uh, it's funny. Because <laughs> uh, he's like just a goofy looking guy. Yeah, he's a horrible person. Like, yeah, just unreal. Yeah, the cruelty that he puts his people through, and a lot of rumors that he's dead now. <laughs> Kim Jong Un. If he was, if he was, we wouldn't find out for another five years. No, probably. we would because. Uh, they can't die because he's like a god to everybody. Yeah. There. Uh, who keeps up his legacy then? His family? Like, it's uh, so weird. Yeah, this is very weird. His dad died, and that was like a national tragedy. And he was also pretty. I don't know. This feels like it's getting into territory that we're not qualified to talk. Yeah, about. I don't. I know nothing about South North Korea. South and North Korea. Either talk about duos. South and North Korea. BTS, biggest quadro of all time. Biggest. Quattro? Quattro? No, is there yeah, four of I them? I think there's five of I them, I think there's actually. definitely... It feels like more than four. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Is there one in BTS that's like the main guy, that's like the Harry Styles? Ooh. Harry Styles was not <laughs> the main guy <laughs> yes, in One Direction. Yes, he was. No, Niall was the front man. No. Yes, Niall who's was the, the bi- front Who's man. the biggest since since then? It's Harry Styles. Yes. Oh, big, that's because he had the best solo career. It yeah. doesn't mean anything else. That absolutely means it. So, like, what, like you're talking about, like, in sync. Who's the biggest from in sync? Justin, Justin Timber- Timberlake. It's because he had the biggest solo career afterwards. The, per- the biggest star will have the biggest solo no. career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One hundred percent. Niall did have a little bit of a career. Yeah. No, he, he was did. the front man. He was the blonde pretty boy. I don't know about that. I also don't know. I just don't know. I don't. What I would. I, I didn't know that Niall was a blonde one. I thought he was yeah. talking about a different one. And then there's Liam Payne, obviously. <laughs> and what's the other one's name? Zayn Malik. Zayn, <laughs> Zayn Malik. And that's it. Uh, how many and is? then Louis Tomlinson. <laughs> you really do know the person last name, all of them. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> that's really good. You could show me a picture of each one of them, and I could tell you just really? who it is. Yeah, that's incredible. They've been apart for like ten years. So. I couldn't. I I think that would be a fun thing because you could show me pictures, and I would not know. Really, Niall, I thought was the brown-haired one. I thought he was 
But now that you say Zayn, Zayn had a pretty good career. What's Zayn? Zayn is the one that had the song called Pillow Talk. Oh, Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk. My enemy, my out. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's dating. He has a baby with Gigi Hadid. Okay, and she is. <laughs> yeah. No, I. She's a model or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I kind of know that, but Rihanna's pregnant, don't you know? <laughs> with who? ASAP Rocky's baby. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I remember you getting so I love pop culture, man. Oh, <laughs> so, man. I'm so excited about so that. So excited about it. The other day. Even more iconic duo. ASAP Rocky and Rihanna. The other day, Joe was getting so excited at lunch at work because ASAP Rocky and Rihanna were going to have a baby. And I I'm was like, what that. are we doing, man? I'm excited. What are we doing? When, um, when Travis Scott and Kylie were having a baby, it was kind of like, eh. I wasn't a huge Travis Scott fan. <laughs> yeah. But and I'm a, a huge ASAP Rocky stan. Are you a big I love him. ASAP Rocky stan? Yeah, a, I actually really like A dollar sign app Rocky. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, yeah. it's the it's the collective. ASAP is the the rap collective. Uh, anyways, um we don't have Mike on the show today. It's just me by myself. I'll be filling in for fl- Mike. He sent me his notes, so I yep. got to... I'm covering the the Dolphins game, the Ravens game, the Giants, and the Packers game tonight. Okay, so. the Dolphins and the Giants played in the same game, so you just try to make it sound like so you I'm had covering more games. three games. Three so. games. Okay, so yeah, Joe will take over. Joe's actually gonna be here, you know, just chilling. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll have him jump in at some point. Mike's I'll not probably here. be on my phone. Um, I guess Mike was just too scared to record while his Patriots were playing in a pivotal game against the Bills. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know if that's the reason, but we will get into it next week. Uh, but Joe is here. He's bringing it. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about before we get to the. I football. thought you said you had something you wanted. Yeah, to Yeah, I'm to gonna me wait a bit. a bit. When we get You're in, gonna when wait. We, when we get into the football, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay tuned it. to see what Joe wants to talk to me about. Yeah, everybody. I want to talk to Joe about something, and it's and it's kind of football related. So stay okay, tuned for that. Well. But <laughs> no, it'll be good. It'll be good. Don't don't give me that face. It'll be good. Got anything you want to talk about before we jump into the football? I think I have said all I need to say. Okay. All right. You know that Elon Musk and Grimes are separated? Yeah, no, I did know that. I guess this is just going to become a pop culture podcast after the... I could do that pop culture corner, but it's just, But it's just going to be it's going to be a pop culture podcast, but it's going to be like us vaguely knowing about pop culture. Vaguely, just seeing like a headline. <laughs> That's it. Not reading anything, just seeing a headline. We're like, oh, um, um, yeah, Meg the Stallion's pregnant, I think, right? Is she? I, With who? Tori Lanez's is baby. Yeah, baby. Is it? <laughs> maybe, right? No, hey. she, he actually shot her in the foot. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I remember hearing something about that. That would actually be, I think, be an inter- <laughs> uh, not interesting at all, but a fu- funny thing to do is just kind of have a pop culture podcast, but you don't know. Yeah. We don't really know pop culture. Like, we vaguely, just whatever yeah. you see in passing. I'm not even on social media, so yeah. I don't really know. Basically, whatever you see at the grocery store on, like, the... Yeah, on which the is not even real. Not All of it all. is fake. So. Every single thing is fake. Um, But, yeah, anyways, this podcast isn't fake. And neither was week 13 in the NFL. So why don't we jump right in to some football? Week 13 officially in the books here in the 2021 NFL season. Uh, We're getting closer and closer to the end of... Of regulation, of regulation, of the regular season in the NFL season, still so many unanswered questions, 
And not a whole lot of questions got answered this week. Uh, a lot more chaos. Honestly, a lot of games that were not very good. It was a week full of games that kind of had lopsided um, uh, victories, lopsided losses. It had it had one team, you know, a really good team facing a bad team. Not a whole lot of intrigue as far as most games go. But there was definitely still some things to talk about. So we're going to get into uh, instead of going through game by game, we're going through certain games because I'm here by myself today. I'm just going to give you guys 10 observations I had from week 13 of the 2021 NFL season. We're just going to go through 10 things that I observed this week um, in what was another great week in the NFL season. But before we get into that, I want to bring my good friend Joe back on the podcast. And we're going to do something we haven't done for a good little bit. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's everybody's favorite podcast game show. It is What Does Joe Know? That's right. If you're if you're tuning in for the very first time or you've never Listen to a podcast with What Does Joe Know on it. Joe, why don't you tell the listeners what this show exactly is? I don't know much, okay? <laughs> All right. And this is the show that we find out how much do how, I actually know. How much do I not know? About football. Yes, exactly. So, Joe, you know, he's not here for the football. That's why he, It's the average Joe football show. He makes up mostly the Joe. And a little bit yeah. of the average. He doesn't make up a whole lot of the football. Yeah. You know, he's here. He does a lot of the hard work behind the scenes. We really appreciate him for that. Uh, he's a comedic relief. A lot of people say that the only good part of the podcast is actually Joe. I've heard that a lot. Yeah, it's too much, honestly. Yeah. I hear a lot of people, oh, Joe's really funny on the podcast. And they don't really say anything about me. So I'm just assuming that they just... They already know that part, so but it's like, oh, they have yeah. to kind of, oh, okay. yeah, they have to kind Pro- of, yeah, probably, yeah, no, right, probably, right, yeah, probably, right? Yeah. yeah, okay, but, but, Joe, as good as he is at all those things, he's not great when it comes to knowing things about the game of football, whether it be NFL, CFL, college mm. football. I did watch CFL uh, <laughs> the other night, though. Yeah, you Last did. Last night, actually, yeah. Yeah, and how did that? Who was who was playing? Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Blue Belts. Blue, blue, <laughs> blue belt. Blue rags. Blue what? <laughs> blue bombers. Blue bombers. Yeah, yeah bombers from, from yep. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And who won that game? Saskatchewan. I baby. don't think they. <laughs> blue Bombers definitely took the game. <laughs> and it was it was good. It was fun to watch. Honestly, I can't wait to see them in the Great Cup this week. Yeah, man. Great Cup. The Blue Bombers versus the uh, Edmonton. <laughs> Not quite. It's actually in Ontario. Wow, Argonauts, eh? No, the Argonauts is another Ontario team. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah, Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the game's in Hamilton. My wife has a Tiger Cats debit card. Really? Believe it or not. Is she a fan? No, it's a different team. Never mind. Is it the BC Lions? It's a Tilsonburg baseball team, I think, actually. (laughs) So not even close to the same thing. Anyways, guys, Um, this is the show... Joe knows the most. I know the least. <laughs> yeah, I think that's evident. And so, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when Joel was on the podcast, we talked, um, and and we were really surprised how much teams you knew. <laughs> like you knew a lot of teams. Give me a break. You were really good at knowing the teams. Like we would say, oh, 
um, the New England Patriots. Yeah, and you would just know this. Yeah. And it was crazy. Like, we would go, oh, the Buffalo. Bills. Yeah, it was crazy. The Miami. Dolphins. Yeah, it was just uncanny. The Denver. Broncos. Unreal. Insane. However. Okay. I'm curious how much of this, although you may have just proved me wrong, is you just knowing the team name and not so much knowing the Uh-oh. the city where they're from. Okay. Okay. So there are 32 NFL teams. Stop Joe. watching TV right now. Okay. I'm sorry. I can see you just keep looking. You're just distracting. Me. Hold on. <laughs> Don't kick it closed. Don't <laughs> get your foot. Get your toes off my laptop. There we go. Just no. And that's inconvenient. But Thank you. There are 32 teams in the NFL, which means there are how many cities with NFL teams? 32. Not 31. Exactly. No. 30 actually. 28. Wow. Yeah. Uh, New York and Los Angeles each have two teams. Yes. So 28 cities have NFL teams. I have with me five American cities. Okay. Five American cities. All right. Four of these American cities have an NFL, a current NFL football team. A city, not a state. Five of these cities have a current NFL team. One of these cities does not have a current NFL team. Okay. All you have to do, Joe, to win the podcast this week is tell me which of these cities does not currently house a (sighs) NFL team. Okay. How are you feeling before I name you the cities? Decent, actually. I think I got a definitely like a 40-60 chance that I'm not going to get this right. 40 40 that you are? 50-50 then. Then we'll just make it easier. (laughs) Okay, just to... Less confusion. Yeah. That way. Okay. So you're not, you're feeling okay. Yeah. I thought you'd be more confident about it. 80% chance I'm going to kill it. Okay. So let's remember, I'm going to read them off. Slow down. Okay. Don't, I, I don't want you to rush into things. I, I'm rooting for you. I want you to get this. So let's just pace ourselves. Really think about it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see where we go from yeah. there. So five this is five American cities. So the cities are, I have them on this paper. Nope, not this paper. I have them on this paper right here. The five cities are, and again, I'm going to, okay, just pace yourself. The cities are <sighs> okay. Chicago, St. Louis, Seattle, Houston, and Las Vegas. Which of these five American cities does not currently host an NFL team. Is it Chicago, St. Louis, Seattle, Houston, or Las Vegas? I have my answer. So you're, I was going to ask, how are you feeling off good. the top? You're feeling pretty good. Like, how confident are you that you got this? That's right. Do you have the team names written down there? No, I do not. But I, I can tell them to you because I know them. So, yeah. Chicago Bears. Yep. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Las Vegas Raiders. St. Louis does not have a team. Unbelievable. Wow. I know my stuff. That was killer. That was so cool. Thank you. I I really thought Houston would get you. No. I thought Houston would be the one that would trip you up. Wow. That was incredible, Joe. You, for you to not only name it, 
Yeah, pat yourself on the back for you to not only name the city, but, but all the other teams. Then the teams. That was yeah. really cool. I thought I thought Las Vegas might give you a little. No. They used to be the Los Angeles Raiders, but now they're nah, Las Vegas well, Raiders. Okay, we should have quit while we were What's ahead. What's that? <laughs> yeah, we should should have quit while we were ahead. L.A. Raiders. No. What? No, Oakland. They Oakland, are. yeah. Oh, shoot. Obviously, the pirate eye. and the, yeah. No, but actually, technically, you are right, because back way back in the day, they were the Oakland. Los Angeles And Oakland's Raiders. in Los Angeles anyway. Oakland is or close it's, to it's Los Angeles. it's in California. Angeles. That's what I meant. The St. Louis. I'll give you bonus points. Can you name the last, the name of the last team that was in St. Louis? The St. Louis. They're currently... In Los Angeles, the Saint oh, Rams, Lewis. the Rams, Rams, yeah, unreal. What a podcast! We talked about this the other day. Yeah. What a winner I am! <laughs> you were a winner. <laughs> I won. That's unreal. It feels I feel good like... to win. I never win. Like at work, at home, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. And now, <laughs> finally, here I can come and you know, sh- like prove something. It's about time. We just said how much you didn't know, and you come yeah. here and you're a winner now. Congratulations. I'm a winner of myself. <laughs> You're a winner of yourself. Oh, man. Give me a high five, dude. Thanks, man. All right? We're, yeah, we're a little too far apart for high fives. Good. But just, we're, let's imagine that was a high five between. Well, I, w- I was doing it. You oh, did, shit. You didn't have it. So oh, now right. it sounds like we, time? Now it sounds like we high five twice. <laughs> oh, I was going to oh, do sorry. it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, here. Oh. <laughs> it's, I don't think you understand. I was going to do it. Oh. So I will do it like that. Nice. Yeah, so you can cut the rest out in okay. post. Okay. Okay, Joe, that was awesome. I feel like we don't even really need to do anything else on the podcast. That no, I should, we'll I should really it. quit quit while we're ahead. Yeah, quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I'm ahead. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that was really good. And what else is going to be really good is the rest of this podcast. That's right. I'm Thanks. calling my shot. That was a stretch. Yeah, I know. I a lot of these transitions, I really really stretch it. But uh, we're gonna talk about ten observations I had from week 13 of the NFL season. I'm all by myself. Like I said, I'm all by myself this week, so, you know. Not all by yourself. Well, no, you're still here, and I appreciate that you can, about you. you. can, If you want me to chime in, let me know. Yeah. I'll tell you what I think about certain games yeah, and I'll, stuff. I'll, listen, I'll, I'll, I might call on you at yeah. some points, yeah. Are I you won't gonna... be listening, so I'll have to improvise. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. I've been working on my improv. Have I, you... I do a class on Friday nights. Are you ever not improvising? What's that? Well, you're acting like, you're, like improvising would be you doing something new. Remember how last episode went? It was a lot of impro- improvisation. No, I I flagged that one. It got taken down. <laughs> that one's inappropriate content. Bl- yeah, <laughs> I, bullying. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, that's fair. We got zero downloads, but I still took it down for cyberbullying because cyber I knew bullying. people would make fun of me if they we, ever heard it. We had zero downloads, and still a lot of people bullied him. Like, yeah, it was like you guys listened but didn't download, and then and then yeah. just exclusively bullied Joe. Yeah. about it. So so guys. Please stop. Like, it, I understand he was terrible last week, but guys, we can't. I mean, come on. Let's. I'm a human. He's a human. There's a human behind that screen of yours, <laughs> yeah. and it's me. Those earbuds? I have a heart. Yeah, there's a human in that sound. Yeah, a yeah. human makes those voices. There's a man behind that voice. Exactly. That man has a heart. <sighs> okay, I think that's good <laughs> enough. I think, I think, I think, it I is. think you're good. You can take a break, and uh, we'll jump right into some football. Oh boy, where to start uh, in week 13 of the 2021 NFL season? It's been a crazy season and, uh, and, and another crazy week in the NFL. And I think the craziest place we could possibly start was with the Detroit Lions. And that's my number one observation from week 13. And it's that the Detroit Lions are the 
most lovable losers in NFL history. However, those lovable losers picked themselves up a huge victory this week. Uh, in week 13, the, they defeated the Minnesota Vikings 29-27. to And Dan Campbell, Motor City Dan, as Mike calls him and as a lot of people call him, but most notoriously Mike, obviously, calls him Motor City Dan, picked up their first win of the season. It's about time. And I'm watching this Bills game before we get in, and everybody is dropping the ball. Like, I know it's windy, but, like, everybody's fumbling and dropping, and it's like, what is going... Like, it's just wind. Why is everybody fumbling and dropping the ball? Anyways, back on to the Detroit Lions. Um, Wow, what an incredible game to win. So, basically, the Detroit Lions in this game against the Minnesota Vikings, they get off to a 20-6 lead at the half. So they're up 20-6. And then they end up blowing the lead. So with under two minutes left, they are now they are down 27-23 to with no timeouts remaining. They march down the field, and with no time remaining on the clock, an 11-yard touchdown to none other than Amon Ross St. Brown for the game-winning score Detroit goes nuts, Ford Field goes nuts, Dan Campbell goes nuts, Jared Goff goes nuts. And they pick up their first one of the season, and everybody loved it. And I think this is this is something that's kind of different as we always have teams like this. Every few years there's a team that it looks like they might go 0-16. Well, now it would be 0-17 with, with a 17-game schedule. But we all, there's always a team like this where it looks like oh they could go for it and a lot of the times they're just the butt of the joke and I think the Detroit Lions are are absolutely the butt of the joke but it seems like a lot of the time they're a team that's full of a a lot of unlikable people like I can recall the Browns when they were going 0-16 and I felt like Hugh Jackson was not a guy that was respected he was not a guy that was like loved by by people and and, you know people kind of didn't like him and and there was just unlikable characters but it feels like with the Detroit Lions Everybody's been rooting for them since the beginning of week one when when they went up against uh, oh who they, the San Francisco 49ers and gave them one heck of a game and then they competed with the Baltimore Ravens and they and they've compete, competed every single week uh, essentially a few fr- uh, aside from a few games where they were blown out but they've they've really competed every single week and they've come so close and lost in such heartbreaking fashion so many times that so many people were rooting for them and that's something that's I think is so different for this for this um Lions team that's so different from other teams that look like they could go potentially uh 0 and 16 or 0 and 17 as people were rooting for them and in this game I mean it was incredible it was uh, still a ton of mistakes from Dan Campbell and, and and from this team and I think Dan Campbell as a as a coach as a as a uh you know, clock management guy, decision maker. I don't think he's incredible. A couple of weeks ago on Thanksgiving, he uh, they, his team called back-to-back timeouts, which was a penalty. You can't do that. And that did not look good. And I think he's made some questionable decisions. But for the most part, he's such a likable guy. And everybody wanted to see him win. And it was so good to see him and Jared Goff. Jared Goff, who played actually pretty well in this game. He went 25 for 41, 296 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, including that huge touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, who had himself a, a really good game. 10 receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown. And just a bunch of unlikely heroes on this team that really brought this victory to the forefront for the Lions. Guys like 
uh, Jamal Williams, who was the backup running back, DeAndre Swift, um, obviously injured. He was injured on Thanksgiving. Jamal Williams had himself 17 carries for 71 yards. Not a huge day, but a pretty good day. And then guys like Charles Harris, who was a draft bust for, for the Miami Dolphins um, like three years ago, a guy who was an absolute bust. He's got six sacks on the season. He had two first-half sacks in this game. Just a real difference maker in this game, which is so bizarre considering he was an absolute bust his first three, four years in the NFL. And honestly, I just feel overall so happy for the Detroit Lions, for Dan Campbell, and for Jared Goff. Honestly, he's he's got the short end. I don't think he's a very good quarterback, to be honest. Um, you know, he's he's okay. I think he'll make a great backup for many, many years if that's what he wants to do. But he's he, it's good to see him. You know, he's he's been his name has been trashed ever since he was kicked out of Los Angeles, ever since Sean McVay abandoned him and just trashed. And to see him throw that game-winning touchdown and then run over to his head coach, Dan Campbell, and they're celebrating and everybody's celebrating and everybody was so happy for the Detroit Lions. So that is why my number one observation is that the Detroit Lions are the most lovable loser in NFL history because I've never seen a team this bad have so much support. But now, you know, you're the Detroit Lions. You got your first win of the season. You got it out of the way. That's great. I'm so happy for you. You did it against a division rival. Now, I would just coast. You know, let's let's lose the rest of the games. Let's go draft. Um, let's go draft Aiden Hutchinson with the first overall pick, the hometown kid, the kid from Michigan. And, you know, let's, let's, let's start the rebuild. We got our win out of the way, and let's move on. But on to my number two observation, and it's the team that was not victorious in this game, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. And to me, my number two observation from Week 13 is that the Minnesota Vikings are the mascot of the 2021 NFL season. And every week, I come on here and I say, oh, it was a crazy week and it was a crazy season and it's been a crazy season and it's every game is crazy. And it's because it is crazy, man. Every week is crazy. And I think the craziest of them all, the representative of the 2021 NFL season, the mascot of the 2021 NFL season was the team that gave the Detroit Lions their first win of the NFL season, and it is the Minnesota Vikings. This is a team that's chock full of talent. This is a team that if you just go by talent, especially offensively, this is a team that should be a Super Bowl contender. And this is something that I've been saying for years, really, and something I've been saying for uh, years on this podcast. I know this is only year two, but ever since I started this podcast, I've been saying the Minnesota Vikings should be a successful team. The Minnesota Vikings, with Justin Jefferson, one of the best receivers in the NFL, second in the NFL in receiving yards. He's had games this season where he's had 118 yards receiving, 124 yards receiving, 143 yards receiving, 169 yards receiving. And then this past game, 188 yards receiving. You have that guy on your team. You have Dalvin Cook, who went healthy, is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Oh, yeah, and then you have Adam Thielen, who's probably a top 10, 15 receiver in the NFL. Just a consistent guy, a guy who produces week in and week out. And he did get injured in this game. But all that talent, and you still cannot find any consistency on this team. This is a team that this season has beat the Los Angeles Chargers, has beat 
the Green Bay Packers has played really, really close with Cincinnati, with Arizona, with Baltimore. I mean, these are one-score games. They have the most one-score game, uh, one-score games in the NFL this season. They are constantly in every game. But this is also the same team that has lost to Cleveland. You know, Cleveland has showed they're not a great team this year. They've lost to Dallas without Dak Prescott, with Cooper Rush starting at quarterback. They've lost to the Dallas Cowboys. They've lost to San Francisco, who I guess you could say San Francisco, they're a good team at times, but they've also lost to the Detroit Lions, who were 0-10-1 before that first win. So they've lost to teams like that, and then they've, they've played really well, and it's just the lack of consistency to me is such a perfect encapsulation of what the 2021 NFL season has been and that's pure chaos at all times that's Kirk Cousins lining up behind his guard last week instead of his center and that's just that's the Viking and I think this loss really cemented a lot of people's fate in Minnesota I think Mike Zimmer there's a really really good chance he's not there next year I think I do think Mike Zimmer is a good head coach but I think there's comes a certain time where you just got to move on and I think it would be good for both parties and I I think that Mike Zimmer will be gone after this season and I think the biggest question is will Kirk Cousins be gone is Kirk Cousins going to be there um they are still tied to him with a lot of money I, I I've been saying since the beginning of this podcast uh before the 2020 NFL draft I was saying the Vikings need to get themselves a young quarterback the Vikings need to do something else at quarterback I understand Kirk Cousins numbers are good every single year they're good but he just is not taking this team over the top. And you got to wonder, is is this the final year of Kirk Cousins, of Mike Zimmer? Um, but only time will tell. And so far, time has told this season that the Vikings are so inconsistent. Some weeks, they look like one of the best teams in the NFL. Some weeks, they look like the literal worst team in the NFL. And I think that's a perfect, perfect mascot for what has been the 2021 NFL season but moving on to teams that took care of business in week 13 instead of being the Vikings and losing to a team that you should have beaten the Rams and the Indianapolis Colts for my third observation they're two teams that took care of business in week three and to me this is the separator from the good teams and the really good teams, the contending teams. And that's teams that take care of business when business needs to be taken care of. And that's against teams that they should beat, teams that shouldn't have a chance against them, teams that are not on their level. Go out and just beat those teams. Don't make it close. Don't have an unconvincing win. Go out and just handle business. And that's what the Rams and the Car- and the Colts did this week. And the Colts, they bounce back from a from a tough, tough loss to a really good Tampa Bay Buccaneers team last week. They bounced back from that with a 31 to nothing victory over the terrible Houston Texans. I know it's just the Houston Texans, but it's a divisional game. The Texans have given some teams trouble this year, but to go out and handle your business, to me, that shows that the Colts, they're not a team that's going to stick, you know, they're not going to let these teams stick around. They did the same thing with the Jets a few weeks back. It just... When you go up against teams that you're clearly better than, go and handle business. That's what good teams do, and that's what the Colts did. Jonathan Taylor had himself another huge game this week, 32 carries, 143 yards and two touchdowns, and a really, really good bounce-back game 
for the Indianapolis Colts. And then you go over to the Rams side of the uh, side of things. They also they're on a three-game skin. They're on a three-game losing streak going into this week. And how do they bounce back? Well, they pick themselves up a 33 to 7 victory over the the hopeless Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, it's a bad team, but you handled business. You didn't let them hang around. You dominated them. You took them to the woodshed. You said, we're, we're going to handle this, and we're moving on. And they, they were a team that this was one of those games where everything was clicking. The Rams, I mean, there's no way you're a Rams fan. You don't go away from this game feeling good. Daryl Henderson didn't play in this game. They're starting running back. But Sony Michelle had 121 yards on 24 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Matthew Stafford threw for three touchdowns. And then Cooper Cup had 129 yards on eight receptions and another touchdown. So just all across the board, really, really good game for the Los Angeles Rams. And good teams beat bad teams. That's what you do. You don't be like the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings are a good team. And that's even some weeks they're not even a good team. But the but the Minnesota Vikings are not a contender because they don't do things like this. They don't take teams that they should beat like the Detroit Lions and beat them. And so to me, that is my biggest key for my third takeaway is that good teams take care of business. And that's exactly what the Rams and the Indianapolis Colts did in week 13. Then on to some business that hasn't been handled and won't be handled for some weeks and that's this year's MVP race and that brings me to my fourth takeaway from week 13 and that's this is the most confusing MVP race in recent memory I don't know who's going to win MVP it's so bizarre because it seems like every year around this time around week 13 you know week 12 and sometimes even earlier quite a bit earlier you can kind of tell who the MVP is going to be. Last year, you could tell it was Aaron Rodgers. The year before that, you could tell it was Lamar Jackson. You can just kind of tell. And the year before that, Patrick Mahomes. You just know. You you know, there's not a whole lot of suspense. And that's what's different about this year. This year, we might actually get to the end of the season and have some legit suspense. We might not know who the MVP is because it seems like nobody is really ready to take that step up. And I think if I had to guess right now, honestly, Tom Brady would probably be the MVP. I I, I guess. I mean, Jonathan Taylor sure, certainly, certainly should be considered. And then, and then you have a guy like TJ Watt, a guy who, who had an unbelievable game this week. And we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers in a bit, but a guy who had an unbelievable game this week, and a guy who has just, just been so dominant. He's leading the league in sacks with 16 sacks. Should he be considered for MVP? And, you know, def- a defender won't win MVP. It just won't happen. We've, I wish it would, but it, it's not going to happen. I wish it would. And if, if there would be a year that it would happen, potentially this would be the year. And it's, it's weird because it seems like in, in college football, it's very much the same. It's, it's, it's the year that nobody really knows who the Heisman is. And it seems like, you know, it probably is Bryce Young at this point, but who knows? And literally anybody, it's anybody's game. And that's how I feel about the MVP. It's a really confusing MVP race. And it's probably Tom Brady, but it could also be Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, could consider TJ Watt. Kyler Murray seemed to basically have it locked up, but then he got injured for three weeks. And then Derrick Henry was a guy who we were considering. He's injured. He's out for most of the rest of the season. So he can no longer be considered. So to me, it's just... 
fascinating that we might make it to the end of the NFL season and not totally know who the MVP of the NFL is. And speaking of not totally knowing, on to my fifth takeaway from week 13 of the NFL season, and that's the AFC is a complete and utter mess. And I I just, (laughs) the AFC is a mess. This is what Roger Goodell, this is what the NFL dreams of because the AFC is, I mean, nobody's separating themselves. In the AFC, there are no 10-win teams through 13 weeks, which doesn't seem that crazy. I mean, it's hard to win 10 games in 13 weeks. The Cardinals are the only team in the NFL with 10 wins, and they obviously reside in the NFC. However, in the AFC, 13 of the 16 teams in the AFC have either six, seven, or eight wins. 13 of the teams. That means essentially 13 of the teams in 13 of the 16 teams have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. They're they're not eliminated. The difference between the number one seed, and this is pending the Monday night football game that's happening as we record this between the Patriots and the Bills. So I'll give you that caveat. If the if the Patriots win, they'll be this 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 will not be ring totally true. But right now, as of right now, the difference between the number one seed, the the New England Patriots, and the number seven seed, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, is one game, one game of separation from the number one seed in the AFC and the final wild card spot, and that is just absurd. Nobody's taking. Um, nobody's taking that next step. Nobody's taking that step up. Nobody's separating themselves. Teams like the Ravens, they lost this week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Teams like, um, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills, they have not been able to step up the last few weeks. You know, teams like that, teams that we would have expected to take control, the Chiefs, they struggled at points this season. Um, you know, those teams have not been able to step up. And there are so many teams that are still alive And there are six teams that are not currently in the playoff picture, not currently in the top seven seeds that are still very, very much alive in this playoff race. And that's, listen, chaos is fun. And this AFC has been fun, but that doesn't mean it's not messy. And the AFC is a complete, complete mess this season. But speaking of of a team, I got to stop with these transitions. That's a lot of transitions in one podcast. But on to my next point. My sixth observation, we're going to go to one of those AFC teams that um, has a chance, a real chance to make the AFC playoffs, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And my sixth observation is the Steelers will not go down quietly. This is a team that I've written off for weeks. This is a team that everybody's kind of writing off. They're a team that, oh, you know, Big Ben's washed up. Um, you know, this team's not good enough. This offense is bad. And, you know, those things can be true. But also what can be true is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that's not going to go away. They're never, ever a team that's going to just go away. They're never a team that's going to roll over and die. They're never a team that's just going to lay down and, and just let you, you know, beat them. And that was very much evident this week as they beat the Baltimore Ravens, the former number one seed. They were the number one seed going into this um, week of the NFL season, the number one seed in the AFC. They drop a game to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
the Baltimore Ravens go for a two-point conversion at the end of the game to try to win it. I love that play call by John Harbaugh to take the you know, the gutsy play call, and then it was a good play call but just couldn't convert. Mark Andrews couldn't quite handle the ball there in the end zone. But the Pittsburgh Steelers pick up a huge victory to keep themselves alive. Um, they are now 6-5-1. and one. Um, They're only one game out of playoff of a playoff spot at this point. Uh, and listen, Mike Tomlin, he doesn't have losing seasons. Mike Tomlin's not a guy who's just going to fade away. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his tenure in Pittsburgh, and he doesn't intend to start now. And Ben Roethlisberger, listen, as, as much as I talk crap on him, as much as I drag him, as much as everybody drags him, he's a veteran quarterback. He knows how to win. And this team is full of really, really talented players. T.J. Watt, uh, Cameron Hayward. Um, you know, guys like guys like um, Najee Harris, he's been really good as a rookie. Guys like even Pat Fryermuth, another rookie stepping up. Deontay Johnson, a really really good number one receiver. And then, like defensively, they're they're so talented. Minka Fitzpatrick had himself an interception in, in this last game. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. This is a team so full of talent. And if you think this team is just going to fade away into the darkness and we're just going to have to forget about them, that's not going to happen. They're not going to let you forget about them. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that's not going to go away, no matter how much some of us may want them to go away. And then on to my seventh point, and it's another AFC point. Uh, sorry, a very AFC-heavy podcast this week. But it's just, there's so many questions in the AFC that need answering. And I don't have a lot of the answers, but uh, I also don't think we have an answer for my seventh observation. And that's that Herbert versus Burrow is very much a real debate. And I know you're thinking, Joe, this is a weird thing to say after Justin Herbert picked up... Uh, you know, a victory over Joe Burrow. This is, this is a, you know, it it was a convincing victory for the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. And you got something to say, Joe? No. Okay. Sure. Were you not talking to me? No. Yeah, I know. I was just. What? That's it? That's all. Okay. No, you said you, you were talking to the audience and saying, um, I know what you're thinking, Joe. This and this and this and this. Okay. But I thought you were talking to me, so go ahead. Just okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. Oh, my name is also Joe. Yeah. Yeah. No, my name's Joe. So I know what you're thinking, Joe. Me, Joe. What are you doing? Um. Talking about this being a debate when Justin Herbert, you know, picked up a 41 to 22 convincing victory against the Cincinnati Bengals. Justin Herbert, you know, finished 317 yards, 26 for 35, three touchdowns, an interception. Joe Burrow, 24 for 40, 300 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Obviously, Justin Herbert's the better quarterback. Talent-wise, it's not even a question who the better quarterback is. However, I'm going to push back on that. And this is not me going out and hating Justin Herbert. Don't say, oh, this Tua fanboy, this guy who's just mad that the Dolphins didn't take Justin Herbert instead of Tua. I would have loved if the Dolphins would have done that, and I'll admit that right now. Justin Herbert is obviously a better quarterback than Tua is at this very moment. However, I do think that Joe Burrow is... I don't think it's... 
I don't think it's a wash. I don't think that Justin Herbert is just a better quarterback than Joe Burrow at this point. I think it's a legitimate debate, and this is something that I would have even disagreed with, you know, at the beginning of the NFL season. But to me, Joe Burrow has impressed me so much this season. And you look at the stats on the season, Herbert's got 66% completion percentage. Joe Burrow's got 68. Uh, Justin Herbert's got 3,500 passing yards. Uh, Joe Burrow's got 3,100 passing yards. Uh, Joe Burrow's got 23 touchdowns. Justin Herbert's got 27. Joe Burrow has 14 interceptions. Justin Herbert's got 11 interceptions. Both have a 7-5 and five record. Um, so if you, if you count quarterback wins, they both have the same uh, record there. Um, and looking at the stats, looks like Justin Herbert's played better. To me, Joe Burrow has some things that you can't quantify. And that's this killer instinct. He reminds me so much of Tom Brady. And this is not me comparing Joe Burrow to Tom Brady. I got to always have that caveat in there. I'm not saying Joe Burrow's the next Tom Brady. Joe Burrow's going to beat Tom Brady. That's how it's going to be. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying his mentality to me reminds me so much of Tom Brady. And that's that killer instinct. And it's something that something that I don't know if Justin Herbert has. I don't think, and this is, again, I'm not trying to criticize Justin Herbert too much. I think Justin Herbert's incredible. He's going to be a star in this league. But I don't know if he has that that cockiness that a guy like Joe Burrow has. I love Joe Burrow's cockiness, but like in a good way. I think cockiness can a lot of the times be taken uh, as a bad way, obviously. But I think that that confidence that, 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 you know, I'm, I'm the best guy in the field that, that Joe Burrow possesses. I mean, that's something that you just can't quantify. And, and Joe Burrow, he's, he's, he's really accurate. He's a guy who's, you know, he's, he's much more in the pocket. He doesn't have nearly the arm talent that a guy like Justin Herbert has. He's not the athlete that Justin Herbert had, but he just has some things that it's just like, he just knows how to win. He's just a winner. He wins. He won the national championship at uh, in college at LSU. And I know he didn't beat um, Justin Herbert in this game. He had a mangled pinky in this game. So shout out to him for, for pushing through that. And he's another guy who just pushes through injuries. He's just a tough guy, hard nose, just really an, an incredible drive. And that's to me... That is the thing that sets Joe Burrow apart, and that's why I think that it's 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 very much a debate. I'm not he, gonna I'm not gonna say that Justin Herbert is just better than Joe Burrow. I think it's very much an open-ended question, and it, it's something that we haven't answered at this point. And I just I think that was one of my biggest observations from this week is despite the convincing win for the Los Angeles Chargers, there are there are still very good arguments to say that Joe Burrow can be better as good if not better than um Justin Herbert because it's not all talent wise. If we want to talk talent, Brett Favre, one of the ta- most talented quarterbacks of all time, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady's a better quarterback than Brett Favre. And Tom Brady's not even near as talented as a guy like Brett Favre. It's not all talent. It's not all talent with Joe Burrow and it's not all talent with the Joe Burrow Justin Herbert debate. And now on to the the third quarterback, or I guess he was the second quarterback taken in the 2020 NFL draft. You had four quarterbacks going in there. Uh, we're not going to talk about Jordan Love in this podcast, but we are going to talk a little bit about Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins. And my eighth point is that the 2020 Miami Dolphins are back in 2021 
This team reminds me so much of the team from 2020 that nearly made the playoff, that really burst onto the scene, that many people thought were moving in the right direction. They're back to that this year. This is a team that is that is run by the defense, that wins because of their defense and because your offense is good enough. And I don't think this offense can get much better than they are right now, mainly because they have the worst offensive line I've ever seen in the history of football. It is unbelievable how bad this offensive line is. So that's why when people say, oh, Tua doesn't throw the ball down the field. He's too scared to throw the ball down the field. He can't throw the ball down the field. He physically cannot throw the ball down the field. He doesn't have the time. Go and watch a Dolphins game. I promise you, you will find out very, very soon why Tua does not throw the ball down the field very often. It's because he physically can't. He, he, he can't. He just doesn't have the time for it. I shouldn't say physically. I think he has the arm to do it. He has a, he is physically capable of throwing the ball down the field. He just doesn't have the time for it. However, this Dolphins team, it's not about Tua. It's not about the offense. It's about the defense. This is a team that their 2020 draft was so terrible, and I was one of the most critical guys on it. I was out here blasting Chris Greer and blasting Brian Flores just a few weeks ago telling them you know how big of a disaster this whole regime has been this 2021 NFL draft class though for the Dolphins has been incredible you have Jalen Waddell who's been amazing this year he's tied for second in the NFL not among rookies just overall in the NFL he's tied for second in receptions he's the heart and soul of this offense and then you move over to the defensive side of the ball Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips are two legitimate defensive player of the year candidates uh, defensive rookie of the year candidates rather and if it wasn't for Micah Parsons being Micah Parsons I think it would be literally between these two for defensive rookie of the year these two have been amazing Jalen Phillips had another two sacks in this game he's up to eight and a half sacks on his rookie campaign which is just as many sacks as Chase Young had last year in his rookie season and then Javon Holland's just a game wrecker he's all over the field and this team, this Dolphins team, this defense is playing lights out. And I know, I know the opponents haven't been great. They've played the Jets. They've played the Giants with Mike Lennon. They've played, you know, the Houston Texans, the Carolina Panthers. They haven't played world beaters. But, you know, every week in the NFL, you're playing a professional team. And, and through this five-game win streak that the Dolphins are on, their defense has allowed nine points, 10 points, 17 points, 10 points, and nine points. They haven't allowed more than 17 points through this five weeks, and twice they've allowed under double-digit points. And to me, that has been the biggest difference maker. You're taking the pressure off Tua, and he's playing better. Tua's honestly playing better, and he was actually the highest-graded quarterback by PFF this week, which was crazy to me. To me, through this five weeks, I thought this was one of Tua's worst games through the last five weeks I th- it was still a good game and I thought he made some throws but he was throwing high a lot he was missing a lot of throws I would have I don't know how PFF does their grading but uh, I would have said this was definitely not one of the better Tua games through the last five weeks but he's improving he's playing better and I know he gets a lot of hate because he just doesn't throw the ball down the field but he, his accuracy is on point he's a guy that continues to get better this Dolphins team is, is moving in the right direction it seems like who knows next three weeks they may lose and get blown out every week and you know we'll just have to go through this endless cycle as Dolphins fans 
But to me, the biggest observation is that this team is very similar to the team that we saw last year, and it's a team that's run by defense. Emmanuel Ogba and Jalen Phillips are an incredible pass rush duo. Uh, and then you have Javon Holland and Brandon Jones, who's been injured the last few weeks, but he's been really good. And then Byron Jones and then Xavier Howard, who had another interception this past week. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. So good at making uh, you know, game-changing interceptions. Uh, this is a team that's run by defense, and the offense just has to be good enough. And will it be good enough to make the playoffs? I would tend to doubt it just because the AFC is so competitive this year and so just just a huge cluster clustered mess. I mean, I it would be it would I think it's going to be very hard. They'll essentially have to win 9 in a row to make the playoffs in my opinion. But it's working right now and you know, the defense is is playing well and uh, you know, they're they're one 5 in a row. And then on to my final two points and starting with number 9 my ninth observation from week 13 of the 2021 NFL season. And this might be a little bit of a bold hot take, but to me, my ninth observation is that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the AFC. And I know what you're thinking, Joe, how can you make statements like this? How is this an observation? And maybe this isn't an observation. Maybe this is just a take from week 13. But to me, I'm convinced. I think and I talked about it last week and I've talked about it many times off the podcast with with Joel who's been on the podcast a few times. Uh we've talked about it, you know, at length the last few weeks and the Kansas City Chiefs to me are a team that's they're quietly somehow the Chiefs qu- are doing something quietly, but they're quietly moving in the right direction. They're a team that you know, is on a five-game win streak. They got off to a tough start. Everybody was thinking, oh, the Chiefs are dead. The Chiefs are dead. They've won five in a row. Their defense is playing lights out. They're a team, the last five weeks, they've allowed 17 points, then 17 points again, then 14 points, and then the last two weeks, nine points. Nine, the last two weeks in a row. Their defense is playing really well. Chris Jones is a game wrecker. Frank Clark is stepping up. Tyron Matthews making plays. This is what you need. You need your if their defense can improve and their offense is not all the way back yet. And I I will say that and I and I I know that their offense is not back yet. They're not totally ready. They're not where they were during their Super Bowl run, but they're getting there. And if you can get there at the same time as your defense is starting to click, your defense is starting to get on the right track. This team is going to be so dangerous when it comes to playoff time, and they still have a really legitimate shot to get the number one seed in the AFC. And, you know, this is a team that if they get that number one seed and they get hot and they're they're kind of, you know, forming into shape at the right time, they're going to be tough to stop because they're a team that knows how to win. They're a team that that's been there before, and in an AFC where no team steps up, no team has taken advantage of the Chiefs falling, when it comes to playoff time, the teams that know how to win, the teams that have been there before, they're the teams that find a way to win in these big spots. So that, to me, is why I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the AFC. You know, their offense, offensively, they're not there. They're using Tyreek Hill, and I find this so interesting, they're using Tyreek Hill as basically bait at this point. He is constantly in motion. And I know they've they've been doing this for, for years, but I notice it so much more now. 
Tyreek Hill's in motion like before every snap, it seems like, at, th- at times, uh, where he's moving. The entire defense is like, oh, we got to follow Tyreek Hill. And then you run his inside zone, you know, run play to the other side, and it frees that up because everybody's, all the attention's on Tyreek Hill. You're using him as bait. And then as teams start to be like, okay, they're just using this guy as bait. You know, we don't may- maybe need to bring the same attention to him. That's when it'll start to free up Tyreek Hill. It'll start to free up Travis Kelsey. And this offense will get clicking. I'm convinced this offense will get clicking. And when they do, look out if you're in the AFC because this team's going to be coming. They're going back to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Right now, I think the Chiefs are forming into shape and they are a force to be reckoned with. Their defense is playing well. And I know, I know they were not that impressive this week. They had 22 to, to 9 victory over the Denver Broncos, I believe it was. So not overly impressive, but to me, I've been so impressed with their defense and the direction that they're moving in. And finally, moving on, final, we'll, we'll go to the NFC for one final point. I know it's been a very AFC-centric podcast, but we'll move on to the NFC. And my final point is that Gardner Minshew is the most interesting man in the world. Gardner Minshew... He gets the start for the Philadelphia Eagles in week 13 because Jalen Hurts is hurt. They'd have their bye week, so they figured they'd give him a rest. Gardner Minshew comes in. What does Gardner Minshew do? He starts the game off 11 for 11 against the New York Jets, finishes 20 for 25, 80% completion percentage, 242 yards, two touchdowns, and a 33 to 18 shellacking of the New York Jets. And Gardner Minshew, he's a guy, listen, this guy's the best backup quarterback in the NFL. That's not even a debate. This guy is, he is the guy you want on your team to be your backup quarterback because he's legit a good quarterback. He comes in and he plays good football every week. He's not a guy that's going to go out and embarrass himself ever. He doesn't go out and embarrass himself. He plays really solid football. He may not make the unbelievable plays, but he just plays consistent football. He plays good football. And off the field, I mean, this guy is the most interesting man in the world. I have a shirt with his face on it because I, I love Gardner Minshew, one of my favorite players in the NFL. And, um, you know, he had the mullet. He cut it now. But the way he looks with his uniform, he's just one of the coolest looking dudes in the NFL. He wears the cutoff jean shorts. And if you have not yet seen the video of him and his father reacting to the victory that Gardner Minshew pulled off against the Jets this past week. Make sure you go watch it because it is one of the most most bizarre videos you'll ever see because at the beginning of the video, Gardner Minshew looks legitimately upset and I was worried. I was like, is this guy mad? He's doing like a stank face and it's like, what is going on? He's upset and then he gives his dad a smile and they're just like like wrestling each other back and forth and it's just like such a confusing weird vid- video but it's it's really fun and Gardner Minshew's confusing and weird and really fun and the Eagles are are confusing and and weird and and really fun at times and they're a team that's still very much alive in the NFC playoff picture um and listen this podcast is still very much alive in the NFL landscape. Well, I want to I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. We really do appreciate it. Even when Mike's not here, I do my best to step up and just talk your ears off. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. I thought Joe brought the heat. I didn't give him a pre-show grade, so make make sure you guys give us a five-star rating. 
give Joe a grade. Let him know how he did on the intro of this show. Um, make sure you guys give us a five-star rating. Give us a five-star review. Hit that subscribe button. It really does help the podcast out a lot. No picks on this week's episode. There will be picks on our Instagram, so make sure you guys tune into our Instagram to see who and who Mike and I pick this week um, for the Week 14 games. I figure since Mike's not here, I'll just not do the picks. We'll just have them on the Instagram, so make sure you guys go in there, see how we're doing this week with the picks. Uh, but we won't have them this week on the episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys are enjoying the NFL season and this podcast as a whole. It's been a crazy fun time. A lot of really fun stuff ahead. The playoff chase is just heating up. But until week 14, where there's a lot of big games coming up, until week 14, for Joe, myself, for JT, behind the mic, making all the magic happen. And for Mike, who's not on this episode, but is a huge part of this podcast, we will catch you guys on the next one.